The article you're about to hear is a free preview from Slate Voice, the spoken edition of Slate. If you'd like to listen to a daily selection of the magazine's best stories, handpicked by our editors, join Slate Plus. Find out more at slate.com slash voice. Ice Unbound. Trump has empowered a draconian deportation force that can't distinguish the real immigration threats. By Jamel Bowie. Donald Trump hasn't created the massive deportation force he promised as a candidate for president, but he's done the next best thing, boosting, bolstering, and unleashing the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, giving it broad authority to act at its own discretion. The result? An empowered and authoritarian agency that operates with impunity, whose chief attribute is unapologetic cruelty. Under President Obama, who ramped up immigration enforcement even as he sought to protect large categories of unauthorized immigrants from deportation, ICE was a controversial agency whose practices came under heavy scrutiny from activists and some fellow Democrats. But in the year since Trump's election, ICE has become something far more sinister, a draconian force for harassing and detaining people who pose no threat to the United States or its citizens. And in keeping with one of President Trump's first executive orders, which drastically expanded who the federal government considered a priority for deportation, the most striking aspect of ICE under this administration has been its refusal to distinguish between law-abiding immigrants, whose undocumented status obscures their integration into American life, and those with active criminal records, the bad hombres of the president's rhetoric. Erasing that distinction is how we get the arrest and detention of Lukas Niek, a Polish immigrant and green card holder who was brought to the United States as a young child. Last week, ICE agents arrested Niek at his home in Michigan, citing two misdemeanor convictions for offenses that were committed when he was a teenager, according to the Washington Post. Although one of the convictions had been scrubbed from his record, it can still be used to remove him from the country. A practicing physician, Niek now sits in a county jail awaiting possible deportation. Niek's standing as an affluent professional makes him an unusual case. More typical is the plight of Jorge Garcia, a 30-year-old resident of the United States who was recently deported to Mexico after his arrest by ICE. Married with two American-born children, Garcia was brought to the country as a child. He was working to secure legal status when, following Trump's election, he was ordered to leave the country. In a statement to CBS News, ICE explained that anyone violating immigration laws may be subject to immigration arrest, detention, and removal from the United States. Despite its ability to exercise discretion, ICE has opted for an indiscriminate approach to immigration enforcement, arresting and detaining unauthorized residents regardless of whether they pose a threat to the public. In its drive to remove as many undocumented residents as possible, ICE has begun deporting immigrants who make routine check-ins to their offices, even if those people are simply awaiting visas or green cards that would allow them to stay. Vice News recounts the story of Andre Brown, a Barbados native married to an American citizen. At a recent check-in with ICE agents, he was arrested and forced to surrender all personal belongings. He was jailed and now faces deportation.
Similarly, in Virginia, a mother of two, Liliana Cruz Mendez, was detained following her regular check-in with immigration officials. Her offense? A traffic misdemeanor. ICE's tactics can have life-changing effects, even when its targets are spared deportation. The New Yorker tells of Alejandra Ruiz, brought to the United States as an infant. Last March, she was arrested by ICE agents, citing a deportation order issued when she was a toddler. She was shackled and sent to an immigrant detention facility operated by a private prison firm. Ruiz was eventually released. She had filed a motion to reopen her childhood case for asylum, but it came at the cost of her livelihood. She lost her job as a senior care worker. In addition to these activities, ICE is ramping up its mass raids in an effort to spread paranoia and uncertainty in cities with large undocumented populations. The agency is deliberately targeting these sanctuary cities, hoping to compel cooperation with their newly aggressive enforcement operations. This is all part of a larger strategy to create an atmosphere of fear and desperation for unauthorized immigrants. It's behind President Trump's decision to rescind deferred action for childhood arrivals and end deportation protections for immigrants from Haiti and El Salvador. Vox's Dara Lind describes it as a combination of policy and messaging to keep the threat of deportation hanging over immigrants' heads, meant to make sure they don't get too comfortable here because they could be taken at any minute. Anti-immigration hardliners describe these incidents in the bloodless language of immigration enforcement, but that obscures the violence and trauma of what's happening on the ground. ICE is whisking people away to jails or private prisons and then exiling them from their homes and communities with little chance of recourse or recompense. And the pace is only increasing. While the overall number of border removals, those caught trying to cross the border, dropped last year as a result of economic trends and Trump's hard-line policies, the proportion of interior removals undertaken by ICE increased. Most deportations still involve immigrants from a handful of Latin American countries, but the number of deportees from other nations rose 24% in Trump's first year, reports NPR. The administration is still hoping to increase those efforts. A proposal released by the White House last week asked Congress to grant additional funds to hire more ICE agents as part of an overall increase in quote-unquote border security that would be effectively traded for a path to citizenship for more than one million dreamers. It'll be up to Democrats to block those additional funds and perhaps to build a broader case against ICE and its tactics. Some high-profile Democrats, like Senator Kamala Harris of California, have already publicly condemned the agency. ICE raids across the country have torn mothers apart from their children. The raids lack transparency, spread fear, and harm public safety, she said last year in a Facebook post. More recently, following a report that ICE was planning raids in retaliation to a new California law limiting cooperation between local law enforcement and federal immigration authorities, Harris said that such raids would be an abhorrent abuse of power. 
Given the extent to which Democrats have helped build the architecture for today's ICE, Harris's statements, as well as similar ones by House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, may mark the beginning of a new and needed skepticism toward the agency. And if so, then the logic of their critique doesn't just point toward reform, it points toward a fundamental rethinking of immigration enforcement and a move away from the authoritarianism of ICE as it exists. What the country needs, in other words, is an honest discussion about whether ICE can be effectively reformed or if it must be abolished and replaced by an agency that can carry out its mission in a more effective and humane way.